Space Shuttle, this is Flight Safety. This podcast may contain adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle while in motion. You are clear for launch. Hello, everyone. Today's guest on the podcast is Riley Rocks, and Riley Rocks is a podficker. So the following clips are from a podfic done by Riley Rocks. The podfic is of a fan fiction called The Dragon's Roar, written by Priestess of Groove. He adjusted his movements to redirect the power away from him, which only seemed to frustrate the great John. He brought his sword down, square on Aemon, and he was forced to hold his sword by bracing himself. The great John leaned on him, putting all of his power behind it, and Aemon felt his knees trying to give. But Aemon flashed him a wolfish smile, and with a great burst of energy threw the great John off, causing him to reel and fall back. He raised his sword up in a feeble gesture to protect himself. Suddenly, Aemon felt like he was looking on from outside his body. He could see himself moving, but he was unable to control it. He raised the sword up and brought it down on the great John's with as much strength as he could muster. There was a flash like lightning. When he could see again, he gaped. His sword had cut the great John's sword clean in two. He stepped back and examined his own blade. It was a little scuffed from normal wear and tear, but... There wasn't even a chip on its side to suggest it did anything worse than deflect a few sword thrusts. Great John was staring at him in astonishment. Still holding his sword up to protect himself, the other half of his blade had just missed falling on his face and lay on the ground. The lords gathered around them, recoiled when he looked at them all. He let out a shuddering breath and slowly sheathed his sword disturbed by what had transpired. He drew himself up and said to the crowd, The gods have spoken. To the north, south, east, and west, four corners of the world, greetings from the wild, arid desert of the American Southwest. I'm your host, Chaos Blue, and this is the Fanfic Maverick Podcast. Today's guest fanfiction podficker is Riley Rocks. See, that's right, folks. We are talking about podfic today. Riley Rocks has been a member of AO3 since 2020. And she has two fanfiction works and one podfic work currently posted for the Game of Thrones universe. Hell yes. Riley Rocks loves surfing, jewelry making, writing, and reading. She loves the cold weather, but loathes hot coffee. <laughs> oh, Riley Rocks, why? <laughs> and of course, she loves to be at home in bed cuddled up with her two big dogs reading fanfiction on AO3. Don't we all? Riley Rocks, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so much fun. Yes, I am so excited for you to be here because uh, this is the first time that we're talking about podficking today. And I'm super excited because podficking is uh, one of those things I think that has existed in the fanfiction space for quite some time. We've just never talked about it on FFM before. So you'll be the first. It's so exciting. 
I know. It's going to be so cool. I'm excited to talk about like pod fix and like what they mean to me and fan fiction too. I'm excited to dive in. Yes, absolutely. So we always start with like every guest's history with fan fiction because I love those origin stories. So like go ahead and tell us about your origin story with fan fiction. How did you first come across it and discover it for the first time? So back in 2011 was when I first discovered it. And that was on Tumblr was like the first site and platform that I used to read fan fiction. So it was mostly like a lot of one shots. And back in those days, I was huge into the Hunger Games fandom. Like I still am. Absolutely love me a good Katniss Pita story. And Finnick and oh my god, those characters are amazing. But I was uh, young and stumbled across it. And my little brain like exploded. I was instantly hooked. And then the Hunger Games, the movies were gonna was gonna release that next year. So the fandom was at like an all-time high. Ooh, and so people were just posting like crazy, I bet. Oh yeah. They were doing like live reactions to the casting announcements. Like it was so much fun during that time, especially. Nice, nice. So you're on Tumblr and you just come across fan fiction for the very first time, just like randomly? Yeah. I was just scrolling through my feed and all of a sudden it was like a little one shot. I think it was only like two, 3,000 words, like relatively small that somebody wrote. And they like rewrote the scene of Katniss and the berries, like if they just took the berries and like the emotions that they pulled in to like what was essentially this like tragic scene. But there wasn't like that twist of them both surviving. The twist was they didn't. And my little brain was like, wait, that's not the ending. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. And then I saw, you know, fan fiction. I'd heard of it before, but I'd never read it. And then that's when I started diving into fan fiction. And then eventually I switched uh, very quickly, I would say, to a Wattpad. And I use that. I don't know if this is a controversial opinion. I miss the OG Wattpad so much. Okay, let's go there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, let's go there because... I've had a couple of people on the show so far who have talked about Wattpad before, but most people have said, oh, you know, I totally prefer AO3, blah, blah, blah. So I'm super intrigued by what you mean by OG Wattpad days. Like, what does that mean and why? So I, like, love AO3 to death. I could talk about that more in a bit. But, like, Wattpad, yeah, that's right. Let's let's focus on Wattpad for a second. I don't think Wattpad gets enough credit for what it was doing back in 2011 because there was no ads on Wattpad for the longest time. And if there was an ad, it was a tiny little little box that would pop up like once an hour. And why I love that platform was that readers could highlight within the chapter. So the chapter would be two, 3,000 words or whatever. They could highlight like a sentence and comment on just the sentence and it would pop off to the right-hand corner as you're reading. So you'd scroll and there'd be little tiny comments all along and people would be reacting to different parts of the chapter and you could have conversations and back and forth within the chapter at specific points, not just at the end. Okay, okay. Because yeah, the people that I've talked to in previous episodes who have brought up Wattpad, they always mention that specific feature. Mm -hmm. They're always like, oh my God, this allowed us to have these really interesting conversations with the readers. So I guess like the interactive nature of the platform between writers and readers 
they have said that that was a really cool thing that you could do that they miss, you know, so. Yeah, I definitely miss that was like my biggest huge thing that like I wish AO3 had a version of that. But I also have to say chapter covers and like scrolling through. I remember because I haven't been on Wattpad in years, but like scrolling through, it was more like colorful and people could upload their their art onto there as like an actual cover it felt more like you were scrolling through like apple's book section and selecting a book to read right right which makes sense because i think that they're referred to as books on wattpad Mm -hmm. aren't they because when i see people coming from wattpad to ao3 i always know because they'll call their fan fiction a book and i've just learned like oh okay that's you know that's wattpad terms. And so this person, you know, is probably coming from Wattpad and everything. But yeah, I will say that it is really interesting to be on Wattpad. And when you're looking for a fan fiction to read, scrolling through and you're just basically seeing like book covers, you know, like with the art and everything. And that is very interesting because obviously you don't scroll through, (laughs) you know, book covers on AO3 or anything. Yeah. Those are like the two main things I think I miss. But then like, I want to say around 2016, maybe 15, Wattpad just got overrun with ads. It was just nonstop. And then they started having this feature where you had to pay to read certain books. Really? Yeah. I was like shocked. I was like, what is going on? Like the app turned from like a free community that was like easy to read and go through to just literally an ad. You were just scrolling and seeing nonstop ads. It was insane. And then writers who were really popular started joining Wattpad's like premium paid work program to where you would have to pay to read somebody's book. Oh, okay. So then were the profits being split with the writers then under that program? I'm not sure because I never, I stopped using Wattpad around that time. So I'm actually not too sure on that. That's so interesting to me because I wonder about the legality of that. Even if they weren't splitting profits <laughs> with the writer, it does make me question. Um, I have a legal background. And so I'm sitting here thinking, even if it was just the Wattpad website charging people to read fan fiction, if they're technically profiting off of like intellectual property that belongs to somebody else, I wonder how legal that is. Huh. I've never heard that before. I'm not too sure. I just remember I saw like paid book and I was like, what? Like that shocked me. And then I just stopped using the platform after that. But I know most people when they start reading or most that I've heard started on like fanfiction.net. I've never been on fanfiction.net in my entire life. I think I've been on like once. I've never used it. I don't know how to use that platform. I went from Tumblr to Wattpad to AO3, and I feel like I jumped past a phase I should have gone through. I feel like I missed out on something. <laughs> well, you know, it's still there, and you could still go over there if you wanted to. My beef with fanfiction.net, I mean, I have many beefs, but um, the silly beef is that as I've gotten older, I have a really hard time now with the tiny-ass like font that they use on fanfiction.net because they really haven't upgraded their platform since like, I don't know, 2001 or some bullshit like that. So it's the same platform and it's the same OS and everything. And uh, that font is just tiny. And so you're trying to read this fanfiction and it's kind of hard to get into it and to stay in it in your brain when you're trying to 
navigate this awkward placement of the words and the paragraphs and things like that. So I still recommend going on there to see what all the fuss is about. But I do prefer, I think, the, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the way that things are presented better on AO3. It's easier on my eyes, at least. I'm old, so take it with a grain of salt. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Like, AO3, I didn't discover until 2020. So I did like Tumblr to Wattpad and then I took a massive break from even reading fan fiction for about three years. And that was a really chaotic time in my life. I just didn't have the time. I was figuring a lot of things out. And then when the pandemic hit and I went into quarantine, like everybody else, I was sitting down one day pretty early into quarantine. And I was like, oh my God, fan fiction exists. And then it was just game over. They, took over my entire life once again and it's just so much fun and AO3 is a gem. I love AO3 so much and I cannot believe I didn't know about it until yeah, 3 years ago. Do you remember how you found AO3? Was it like um was it like off a, a link on Tumblr perhaps? No, it was through Twitter, which is now X, I guess. I was scrolling through my Twitter feed one day and somebody was like, "Oh, quarantining has made me read fan fiction and I was like yeah you know thinking about it I was like oh you know and they mentioned AO3 it's like what is that googled it and I was immediately hooked and I taught myself I sat down it took me several days to fully I wanted to teach myself what bookmarks were tags everything like that so then I was very quickly able to like find fix and save them and use the platform like to its fullest potential Oh, that's so awesome. That's so cool. Because, yeah, I have heard from some people that they're like, oh, when I switched to AO3, it took me a while. Like there was a learning curve because there's just a lot of things to it and everything. And you have to kind of learn the ins and the outs and everything. But once you get to it, it's fantastic. It's so great. I will say that it's so much easier for me to find fix on AO3 versus Wattpad. And maybe I just don't know how to search for things on Wattpad. But that was, I think, my primary frustration with Wattpad is like I was having a really hard time finding the exact specific thing I was looking for. Whereas with AO3, you just type in a tag and it's pretty easy. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. In my opinion, at least. For so. sure. The real ones know on Wattpad in the OG days that your title was basically like 20, 50 words long in order for people to find your book. Like I was writing uh, fan fiction in like 2012 for Divergent. Oh my gosh, that's that was a huge fandom I was a part of for a while. And that fandom, I literally one book, I remember I titled it like Divergent, like characters in this platform and there is smut in my title. <laughs> Just so that people would know yep. right, what the story had in it. Yeah. And I can see why you would have to do that, because as far as I can tell, Wattpad doesn't really have a robust tagging system. It can be <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. But that's so cool, though, that you've had like experience with these different platforms and that you found it on Tumblr. It doesn't surprise me at all that you would be finding things on Tumblr. I have been told I've only been on Tumblr since 2021. So I joined Tumblr like way later than everybody else did. But I've been told that in prior years, uh, it was a lot more common for people to post their fan fictions directly on Tumblr. Yeah, because that's because Tumblr, I think back in 2017, I don't remember the exact year, 
but they just like did a clean sweep and wiped everything that was remotely explicit, remotely inappropriate. Right, right. There were several, uh, you know, things that happened and it was like devastating to everybody. But of course, it's like the oldest story in the fandom book, really, because we have historically speaking, you know, had our stuff wiped from many different places throughout history. (laughs) And Tumblr's just one in a long line of places that have scrubbed and nuked fan fiction off of their platforms for inappropriate content or whatever they want to call it. So, um, but it's very sad, though, when that does happen, because a lot of people learn the hard way, then, you know, your stuff can be gone just like that. If you're posting it to a commercial site where, you know, we don't own the servers. So I bet a lot of people lost stories that way when that sweep happened. That's sad. I know. Such a shame. They're missing out on a huge portion and like part of their community that used to like actively and healthily use Tumblr. I know most of them switched to AO3. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so after that, because at least you know that your fic is not going to be wiped one day, you know, (laughs) without your permission off of AO3. So. I'm super curious. I love that you discovered this like way back and then you took that break and then you got back into it, you know, during the pandemic. That's a like a very interesting kind of thing to take a break like that and then come back to it. Um, I'm wondering, like, I bet you've had some time in the last few years that you've been back into fan fiction to kind of think about fan fiction in different ways. And I'm always curious to know, like, what are your favorite things about fan fiction as a general concept? So I absolutely love this question because fan fiction is so different to everybody that you talk to like here on this show. And I was thinking about this question for the past few days. The only way I could like verbalize it was like I view fan fiction as almost like the original author of the work sets up a chessboard and arranges the pieces. But then fan fiction authors and writers come in and they play the chess game completely differently every single time. So instead of how the chess game is like played out originally and how the author created it to be, fan fiction authors are able to come in and like show people all the different ways that the characters can move, all the different choices that they can make. And there's just so many options and varieties and different stories you can tell with the established chessboard. I love that metaphor so much. No one has ever said it that way before on the show. That is brilliant. And I love it because, yes, you're right. Like they're showing us all of the different possible moves because in a chess game, Anything can happen, right? I mean, within reason, of course. But I mean, like, you can move these pieces all kinds of different ways. So it's like multiverse theory, right? Where we're exploring all of these different multiverses with fan fiction. And it's just this brilliant thing. And I love that because, you know, I feel like a lot of us fan fiction people are naturally curious people. And we just really love to see what would happen if this happened or what would happen if they made a different choice or I mean you know it's that ultimate what if question yeah exactly I was like I don't know if you could tell but I did just rewatch the queen's gambit so that's why that metaphor (laughs) popped into my head I was exactly thinking that when you made that metaphor I was like queen's gambit that's so cool (laughs) right and so like seeing you know the main characters talk about and like 
replay chess games, but then they're like, oh, that player could have done this, this, this. That player could have done this, this, this. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what fan fiction people do. Like for me, at least I'll read a book and at one point I'll stop and I'll be like, what if that character just did like choice B instead of choice A? What sort of consequences would happen to that character? And then that could cause a whole nother set and like open a whole nother door to a different possibility. And that's what fan fiction authors and writers do. And that's so awesome that like as a reader, I can just sit and find different storylines that people in their huge imaginations have come up with and I can just sit and enjoy that freely. That's crazy to me that people have like so many different twists in the tale. I love it so much, so much. Yeah. And is it an insane that it's free, you know, that we can just kind of sit here and we can just enjoy these like epic stories and it's free. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it's absolutely like beautiful to me that like writers have that ability to break through set rules of that are established by the author and they use their imaginations like you said to create like different universes within the established chess game it's crazy to me yes oh and i love what you said about breaking rules i think that's one of my favorite things about fan fiction personally i had one guest on here one time who said that fan fiction is so punk because it just breaks all the rules. And that's the point of it. You know, there are no rules. and We just do whatever we want. And I love that. I love that it exists in this structure where there are no rules and we can just explore whatever we want. And that's so, so cool. I wanted you to talk to me about tropes a little bit because like sometimes it can be really fun to kind of explore what other people love as far as like tropes because obviously, you know, fan fiction, it's pretty tropey. <laughs> so I'm wondering for you, like what is the trope that you cannot live without and why? Okay, there's so many and I could not pick one. So I actually went into my bookmarks recently and I was like, okay, let's just see if I can pick up on any general themes or patterns. And oh, girl, girl, there's so many. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell so me. So many. I have to know. <laughs> okay. The most obvious one was, of course, the enemies to friends to lovers. A oh, classic. A classic. So good. <laughs> just the best incorporation of angst and like hurt comfort. You're like, oh, it's just everything I want in a fiction. I love it so much. And then... I definitely realized recently I have a thing for masked characters. And then the trope is like, oh, nobody can see my face but you. Is that what it's called? Like, is that the official name of it? No idea. No idea. But it's like oh masked, unmasked. Oh, God. Masked and unmasked. Okay. I'm so curious about that. I've only heard one other person reference that on the show so far. And I'm super curious because, like, is there a specific fandom that that comes up in most? That's so interesting to me. Okay, I would say there's, like, two different versions of it. One is more literal. And the more literal one for me is definitely seen in, like, the Star Wars fandom with characters like Kylo Ren and Din Djarin from, like, The Mandalorian, of oh, course. right. Who have, like, obvious helmets on. Masks. You can't see their face, right? You cannot see them. Only the one character gets to see them or whatever, you know, and then 
definitely like the more abstract one would be like, oh, this character has to put on this persona and this front. So like I've seen I've read a lot of stories where Jamie Lannister puts on this like Kingslayer persona all the time, you know, but then like Brienne is the only one that he like lets it fall around and is actually his true self around. And so when he has this mask up and she's seeing him, she's like, oh, that's not Jamie. And she's putting the two and two together like that's the Kingslayer. That's his mask. That's not Jamie. Okay, so this trope can take on many different sort of facets and different meanings because it can be literal or it can just be like metaphorical. Oh, my God, that's so interesting. I love that. I love it so much. It's I was scrolling through and I was like, oh, that is a trope. And that's definitely something I cannot live without. I love it so much. Now I have to know why. Like when you think about that particular trope, what is it about that that compels you? I have to say I love characters in fiction. I am always drawn to the one that is one thing in the beginning of the story. And then halfway through, you realize, oh, they're not that thing. That is like a persona or that is what they think they are. Or basically, it's like the villain. And then you quit. You find out midway through the the fiction or the movie or whatever like oh no they're actually the anti-hero they're actually not their worst decision they're actually something else okay so kind of that twist in the middle yeah those are the characters i am always drawn to i'm trying to think of like different versions so jamie lannister was obviously like my personal favorite sandor clegane love that man with my entire being uh kylo ren and then like Din Djarin from The Mandalorian, obviously. You find out more about him. You're like, oh, that's why he does that. That makes more sense. And Finnick in The Hunger Games, too. Love those characters. Nice. Nice. So you definitely have a type. Oh, for sure. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. I love it. Okay. So what other tropes then did you find in your dig through your bookmarks? Yeah, this is pretty... uh, it's always tagged the exact same way that, oops, there's only one bed. Oh, full confession here. Every time that scene happens, it's the exact same scene too. They go to like a hotel or they go to the upstairs room that they have to go to and they open the door and then they look at each other. I'm sitting in my bed, I hope you know, with my feet up and they're kicking back and forth and I'm giggling. <laughs> Like every single time, right? Every single time. <laughs> just the best part of the entire story. I'm always like, there's only one bed. What are they going to do? <laughs> it's so stupid oh and I love it so much. It's so great to see like the different ways that different fic writers choose to handle that type of situation. Sometimes the characters are like angry about it and sometimes they're just like baffled by it. Other times, you know, it gets super awkward. It's just super funny to me to see the different ways that characters can react to that situation. It never gets old. (laughs) Right? It's like, I think I've read it like 200 times with 100 different character variations. And every single time, I'm always like, oh, he offered to sleep on the floor and she said no. I love it so much. Oh, I know. I know. That's so funny to me. How it's always like, no, you can share the bed with me, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm always sitting there going, oh, I, I know where this is going. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, same. 
except my feet are up in the air and kicking. Yes, yes. And that makes me so happy because like, I know that there are certain tropes and things that make me move around in my physical space when I'm reading because I get so excited. So I it makes me super happy that other people do that too when they're reading something that just makes them so happy, like kicking and screaming and just having a grand old time. That makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So I obviously want to talk about pod ficking today. This is something that you have gotten into. So you have some experience here. Um, so I kind of wanted to dig into how did you first encounter like pod ficking? Because we know you encountered fan fiction through Tumblr long time ago and everything. But with pod ficking, I'm kind of wondering how you first discovered that side of fan fiction. And then like what was it that made you decide to start doing pod ficking? Um, how long have you been doing it? All that stuff. Yeah. So Podfix. I'll just tell this little story from my life to set the tone for why I had a desperate need for Podfix. Um, let's see. I was driving on the freeway and I had AO3 open on my phone. Don't do this at home, by the way. And I was scrolling through and lightly scanning because the book was just that good. I could not put it down on my way to work. I had to finish it. Girl. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> And I was scrolling, and then the sirens turned on behind me. And I was like, okay. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I was going to say, did Highway Patrol pull you over by chance? Because, Oh, yes, they did. Oh, my God. Literally, I, like, got pulled over, and thankfully, I didn't get a ticket. I I explained the situation. Not, Not the full situation, but I was like, oh, I'm reading this book, and I just had to know, and blah, blah, blah. And I was crying, and thankfully, the officer was like, We'll stop reading the book. Go. <laughs> I was like, okay. Drove off. Oh my god. Oh my god. So what you're saying is that pod ficking saves lives. Yes, it does. It clears up a lot of accidents on the freeway. I think it does. I <laughs> I just like, oh my gosh. I think back at that and I kind of chuckle now, but I t- looking back, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, girl. Like, what were you thinking? So Thankfully, the officer pulled me over and stopped me from doing that. And then I went home and I was like, oh, there has to be stuff on YouTube, like auditory versions of something like this. And then I stumbled on the first stuff I watched or listened to in the car was Game of Thrones season eight, fix it. So it was, you know, an hour of somebody being like, oh, I would have done this differently. And here's how the story would have gone. And that was a lot of fun. I listened to a few of those. But then after a while, it was like, okay, I don't I don't want to hear how you'd fix Game of Thrones. I want to hear a story. And then I stumbled on this really cool creator on YouTube, which I will definitely shower her out at the end. She's amazing. And she uploads like different fan fictions onto YouTube and podfix them. And she had two Game of Thrones podfix. And I listened to all of them within a month, loved them. And then on AO3, I stumbled onto Priestess of Grooves was the first tag that I noticed on her, The Dragon's Roar. She has a separate book called like The Lion's Fall, and it has a short little podfic, like a hour-long podfic attached. And I was like, oh, shoot, there's podfics on AO3. And that's when it clicked. And this was about a year and a half ago, I would say. And then I hunted down 
all of my favorite fandoms and all of the podfics and listen to, I would say, most of them within like a few months and then re-listen and re-listened and quickly realized I was just listening to the same ones over and over again and was like, oh, I think I could do this. I could give it a shot. And I noticed that the Dragon's Roar had a tag that said Podfic Welcome on the main story. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I was like, well, shoot, if it's welcome, you know, I recorded myself doing the little intro video I have in the prologue. And then I sent it over to Priestess. She was, I was shocked. She was like, oh, this is good. Like, this is great. Do you want to upload this? It's like, oh, yeah, I'll upload it if that's cool with you. And then I'll just start podficking your work. And she was right on board. She was so awesome and just the absolute best. So encouraging for me, especially in the beginning, like giving me that courage and that little encouragement I needed to really dig in and start doing it. Yes. Huge shout out to POG. I love her. The story, obviously, like so amazing. I can't believe how long it is. Like it's epic. It's so good. Uh, And we have talked about that on the show before. But yes, POG is amazing. So it does not surprise me at all that she was just so encouraging and so helpful and everything in the process of like, because I know that you have been working on pod faking her Dragon's Roar. As I was looking at that, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how much collaboration this requires with the actual fan fiction writer. Do you find yourself working with her a lot on the project or is it kind of like, uh, I, I guess I'm just kind of wondering like how much communication goes back and forth right between a pod ficker and like a fic writer and collaborating and stuff I would say that for me at least it differs widely so I mean right now the only things I have uploaded in the pod fic space is just the dragon's war I have several other stuff recorded that I didn't feel comfortable to post because I wasn't able to get contacts with the authors and so I realized that mistake early on of like for me, at least, I didn't want to record and pod fix somebody's work without them being aware of it and just upload it. So I made that mistake of recording without asking first, and I did not upload any of those. But now I want to make sure I always have the permission from the author or like this new pod fic I'm working on. They have it in their profile saying pod fix welcome or please pod fic, uh, you know, send me a DM, email me with your pod fic, you know. I hunt those stories down. I don't pick and choose like, oh, I like this story. I'll just pod fic it and upload it. I always want to make sure that it's screened by the actual author or they already have it tagged that they're welcoming them. Okay. Because that was another thing I was very curious about. I was very curious about how you go about choosing the specific works that you want to do a pod fic for. You know, I can totally see why one of the criteria would be that tag of podfic welcome or um, somebody like putting that in their profile. Cause I see that all the time too with fan fiction writers where they'll put that in their profile and be like, if anybody wants to do fan art or podfics, like totally cool, whatever. So that's always super helpful because then you don't have to go chasing people down. Are there any other things that you look for when you're considering which work you want to do a podfic on? Yes, uh, for sure. I always look for stories that are within fandoms I am very familiar and comfortable with. So this is a random example, but like I wouldn't look up and podfic a One Piece fiction because I'm not in that fandom. And like, how would I physically voice, 
you know, characters when I don't know the character. I don't know their thought process. It's just like I wouldn't jump in and write a One Piece fan fiction. I don't know anything about that fandom. I wouldn't want to podfic it because I'm not comfortable with the characters or familiar enough with them to accurately do a good job. And so I try to keep with like A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, very comfortable in that fandom. Uh, Hunger Games, Divergent, and a bunch of different ones. I don't know, Narnia. Like those are the fandoms that I have been or were active in in the past. I totally love to do a podfic for those. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, stuff like that. Right. And that makes so much sense. I didn't even consider that, but that makes so much sense that you would want a certain level of familiarity with the canon material, with the characters especially, because you're right, like you're kind of responsible for voicing the character on the podfic. So I don't know, it feels like there's a lot of nuance there with the way that you decide how to voice a specific character. So you would want that um, familiarity (laughs) with all of that stuff. So that's so super cool. But I've been very curious also about the, um, like the typical process for doing a podfic. Obviously, I'm very familiar with the process of podcasting, and I imagine that some of your processes for podficking probably overlap with what I do with podcasting, but there's probably lots of different moving parts and things like that with the process. So I was hoping that you could kind of take us through what your process looks like. I'm curious about like what equipment and programs that you're using for all of that. Walk us through that process. I'm super curious about that. Yeah. So... Uh, It's definitely fine-tuned a lot in the last few months. Now, I'll talk about my process now. So basically, I have to find time where I have a quiet space. Because my house where I live right now is rowdy. It's loud. And there's just people always doing crazy stuff, you know. And so I have to make sure that there's at least an hour hopefully two of just nobody's at the house or it's quiet or I can go over to my friend's house. She is out of the house a lot and she lets me use her little apartment and it's great whenever that happens. So that's like step one of just quiet, you know, and then I use right now a pretty nice, decent microphone. It's a blue like snowball if you will i think that that's the brand name i have heard amazing things about the snowball just saying like okay cool because i just picked a random one with decent ratings and said oh you know what i should splurge i can afford this bye i did not really research (laughs) that's so awesome that's awesome yeah yeah i think you can probably tell then that that's where some of the audio quality comes from as I've listened through some of your chapters and everything, I'm like, oh, this sounds really good. Like the audio quality is like excellent. So I could tell you are using some kind of good microphone there. Um, so, yeah, that's a great brand. Awesome. So you're using that. And then what program are you using to record all of this stuff? Oh, you're going to absolutely love this. It's free and it's online and it's called audacity see i knew we were overlapping here okay because that's exactly what i use right now to edit all of my podcast episodes oh it's the best yeah i feel like you know it's this is weird okay i have heard so many people online say that with audacity there's a learning curve and i'm like what are you talking about because i've tried other daws before And nothing is as intuitive to me as Audacity. I mean, obviously, there's a learning curve, but compared to other programs that people can use to edit these types of things, it's so intuitive and easy to use. 
it's perfect. Yeah, I was blown away by like, because when I first started doing it, I was learning how, how to tweak it correctly, especially when I'm adding certain like effects or different sounds and stuff. There's already so much already built into it that you can use tools wise. And even editing wise, it's super easy. Like when I'm doing a pod fic and I'm talking, I'm able to just stop like at various points and do live edits right away and then continue like recording. It's so nice. Oh, and I bet that cuts down on the work that you have to do later. Oh, yes. Like it saves, I would say since I started doing like live editing, because before I used to just sit and record. And then if I coughed, I just keep going and stuff like that. Now, because I'm able to just hit the stop button and I'm able to live record and edit things out and then add a different layer if I need to re-record something midway through, doing that has saved me a lot of time. Before, I used to have to go back in the earlier chapters and re-listen to it like every chapter I would do twice and I would still have mistakes. Thankfully, I mean, POG is amazing. She will listen to the chapters and email me. And tell me like, oh, you know, like there's this little thing here, this little thing here. And especially in the beginning when I was making mistakes, she was amazing. Like, hey, you know, mispronounce that word or hey, here there's this. And I was able to go in and make those edits and then re-upload it. And that was the kind of collaboration we had was just I credit her especially with helping me hone in my editing abilities and going back in and making sure that I didn't leave those mistakes in and just upload. Yeah. So you've got like that second set of ears on it to kind of like help you with the whole process because, you know, it's kind of this big old learning process, right? When it's something you've never done before, you're kind of just learning as you go, which is awesome. I love that so much. So you record it on your microphone and you're recording it into Audacity and then what comes next after you've done like the recording bit? So then I go back in. Let's just theoretically, most of the edits are done now with my new process of like the live editing. But sometimes I'll keep track in the back of my head or even write down timestamps where as I'm going, I'll talk and be like, oh, this, 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 this. And I'm watching the time. And if I say something and I'm not, I will quickly like just take out a pen and just write a time code really quick so that I can go back in and re-listen and make some quick edits. Then I add, if the chapter requires it, different like pitches. If I'm especially working with in the Dragon's Roar, there's some parts where there's like characters not of this world speak. So I want the voice not to sound like me, but to sound like pitched different and wacky and weird. Or I'll stretch the voices out sometimes if I have to. And then, of course, like there's sometimes I put ending like music or I'll put in like an ending fade out or stuff like that. That's the next step. And then once that's done, I save it both like the audio files themselves and then as an MP3. That way I can save the work if I want to go back and edit it or download it in a different format. And then I upload the MP3 onto YouTube and Spotify now. And then I put it on this audio cloud thing so that people can download it if they want. And then I put all three of those back onto AO3. Nice. Nice. Oh my God. That sounds like quite a process though. I know what it's like to upload things to multiple different places. 
it's time consuming. Yes. I have to like actively remember. I'm like, oh, I should upload the thing I recorded, you know, two weeks ago today. I'm like, okay, you need at least 30, 45 minutes to do that, girl. Don't just willy nilly like think you can sit down and have five minutes girl you need at least a half hour because <laughs> yes. you're uploading onto youtube and then you're quickly as fast as possible doing spotify and then going back to edit the youtube you know find on spotify and redoing the link in that and redoing that link and oh it's quite chaotic at times yes yes because you're kind of like going back and forth right because you need this thing to be uploaded so you can do the link here but that you need this thing here to be uploaded before you can do the thing there <laughs> Yep. This thing where you're just like, oh my God. It doesn't surprise me at all that it takes, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour for you to do that. Because, yeah, that can get kind of crazy, but so cool that you go through all the trouble of doing that to make it as easy as possible for people. Because I know that, like, I mean, I went through just for funsies and I was looking at all of the comments that you've gotten on your podfic for Dragon's War, and people are just loving that thing. People are just like, so happy that you're doing that because obviously like it's a very popular story pog is amazing with her writing and so people are just really excited i think to be able to listen to it in an audio format and the way that you do it i'm so fascinated by the fact that you do like different pitches and things for different voices as you're like narrating this story and everything are those tools that you found already part of the audacity suite or did you have to add in like different plugins for those no because i just so with character like regular character voices i don't edit those i i do it like i just do different voices when i'm reading it out loud before the like gods and those ones that i do like tweak i just pitch my own voice super high up and then i go into pitch it's like built into audacity and then oh, yeah. i only have to tweak it up you know a few notches for it to sound like ethereal or if i'm going really low i'll drop my voice like really low you know like that and then i'll drop it a few pitches to where it sounds more like weird and like what's the word i'm looking for not weird but it sounds almost like grainy and like distorted and low so I don't use any special effects. That's like above my pay grade. That's too much work. I just, <laughs> I use what's built in and free. Well, no, and that works. You know, most of us, I think, do that with Audacity at least, right? Because there's so much in there that's already part of the software that if you want to do like weird stuff, there's a way to do it in Audacity. So yeah, I've never used that pitching thing, but that sounds so interesting that you've been able to use that in a creative way for these voices, because I saw a lot of um, comments on your your podfic about that specific part where you were doing that with the gods' voices, and it seems like a lot of people really enjoyed that, that you were able to to pull that off. So I think that's so cool. I love it. Well, thank you. Oh. With all of this process, what would you say is your favorite part of the podficking process so far? Yeah, for sure. This is something that I've learned over time. My favorite part is as I'm doing like live editing, especially, I'll go back and hit play on certain parts and hearing my own voice playing back. But specifically when I'm doing like dialogue scenes, dialogue heavy scenes, going back and listening to the different like accents that I'm working on and refining and trying to keep consistent over multiple chapters, I'm getting a lot better at that. So I like that part of the process and keeping track in notes of all the different characters and how I want to give them 
different tones and different different speeds that they speak at with their dialogue. So being able to do that better now is definitely like hearing it back and learning. Love that because I always want to get better at reading out loud and the timing and the different like pitches that I do. I always am trying to get better. And if not that, I would definitely say, of course, seeing the people, people's reactions. I'm very appreciative that people are listening to it and commenting like different ideas and commenting the things that they enjoyed in the different chapters. The feedback has been extremely encouraging and helpful in how to hone the craft of podficking. I absolutely adore the people who actually listen to it and like comment and let me know how it made them think or feel regarding it. I love it. Right. I feel like obviously it's one thing, right, to read the fan fiction and you get a certain vibe, you know, from reading it. But I feel like you could almost get a whole new perspective on a work hearing it in audio format. So I bet that some of these people who are listening to your podfic have already had the experience of reading it, you know, with their eyeballs. (laughs) And now they're hearing it through your voice and it's this whole new experience. And probably, I bet, you would get like a whole new perspective on the story that way. I just think that's so cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, reading The Dragon's Roar out loud, the amount of, again, shout out to POG, because the amount of different like layering she has and subtle hints of what she's planning in the future is all the way back in like chapter three and reading it out loud. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, that is there. I guess I just kind of glossed over it when I was reading and reading it out loud, taking the time to slowly read through the work. It's almost like your my brain at least has more time to process the information because my eyes move way too fast when I get excited. Same. Yes. And I don't mean to do it when I'm reading, but I do that same thing where I'm just kind of skimming in some parts because I'm so excited about the story. That's such a great point that being able to, you know, on your part, read it out loud. But I think also for us who get to listen to it in audio format, it probably allows us that time to process it in a different way as well. Maybe a little bit slower, maybe things that we're able to pick up on (laughs) that we wouldn't necessarily pick up on if we were like reading it excitedly way too fast on the page. (laughs) So That's so cool. So something that you said a couple minutes ago sparked a question in my brain because you were talking about consistency and um, your favorite part about the pod faking, which is making sure that you stay consistent with the different characters and the voices and getting it right and all that. And it made me wonder, before you even sit down in front of that microphone to start recording, are you doing pre-recording work as you're like thinking about how you're going to do these different voices for the different characters? Are you like doing that ahead of time? Or are you just like raw dogging it and like <laughs> just seeing what comes out when you sit in front of the mic? I'm so curious about that. I would say it's yes and no to answer your question. It just depends. Definitely more in the beginning. I was definitely just raw dogging it and just coming up with the voices like midway through the chapter. I would stop and I would hit record if a new character's dialogue came up. And I would just say it in four different ways. You know, like, I'm trying to think of a random sentence I can do. You go like, oh, the other day I decided to go to the market or something like that. And then I 
do it a second way. Oh, the other day I decided to go to the market. And then I do it a third way. Like, the other day I decided to go to the market. You know, like, and then I'd stop, hear it back, and then I'd pick which one I liked more. But like, that suits the character way more. That style, that almost like tempo. And then what's weird, I've noticed since I've been doing it more and more like the same characters over a long period of time, in my head, like let's say I'm doing Jon Snow's voice, I always go back to the first random sentence that I came up with for him. So I'll go, the other day I decided to go to the market or whatever I picked. I'll say that out loud and then hit record and start his dialogue. Really? Yes. It's a weird thing that I did. That's awesome, though, because it's almost like you created this like neural pathway in your brain where it's like you can just turn it on now (laughs) with the secret. What am I trying to say here? It's like a code word. Yeah, like a code word or something, you know, where it just activates when you say it. Now you know how to do the voice when you just say the passcode. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so trippy to me. Like, do you? Oh, my gosh. Do you want to hear the random word that I used to switch on my Jamie Lannister voice? Oh, my God, please. I love Jamie so much. Please. It's so. Okay, here we go. Bastard. I don't know who informed you, but that's not how we do it here. Yeah. Bastard. Why that word? Could not tell you. For the life of me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. I just hit my microphone because I was laughing so hard at that part. That's so funny. That is so funny. No, but that. Does that not suit his character? Oh, it does. A thousand percent. Of all the words that he would say, right? Bastard. (laughs) It's so funny. So, like, I'm like, I imagine a fly on the wall is just getting a kick out of me. Every time before Jamie Lannister speaks, I have to go, bastard. And then I start speaking. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I love that story so much. I'm so glad that you said that. Like, that makes me so happy. You have no idea how big I'm smiling right now. It's <laughs> so great. That is so great. I love that. How cool that you learned that about yourself. All you have to do is come up with these you know, passcode phrases for these different characters, and you can just switch it on when you need it. That's yeah. amazing. It's a process that I didn't even know I was doing, like I said, but I'm getting better at it because I've noticed, and this is something I want to work on for sure in the future, is that if a character, I give them a voice in like chapter eight, comes back up in chapter 20, I have to go back and like re-listen to it if I want to do the voice accurately. Otherwise, it can switch almost. And I've noticed that within my podfic of The Dragon's Roar, like I've subtly almost switched like one or two of the characters' voices from a different thing that I had established earlier in the book. So I definitely want to have that consistency like over a longer period of time. And that is something I'm working on. And I'm almost like tempted to start and keep an audio file separate just called voices. And it's just me doing those, you know, like I said, those code words so I can just go back and listen to it. That's something I want to do and start doing in the future for longevity, for longer fix. Right, for longer fix, or especially fix that have uh, a wide cast of characters. I mean, obviously, Game of Thrones, there's like a thousand characters, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I can definitely see why on projects with lots of different characters or something that's really long, you would probably want to have those clips handy so that you can just play it really quick and refresh yourself (laughs) 
on, you know, when you need it, which is brilliant. It's like you're teaching yourself to do voiceover work here. This is like reminding me so much of professional voiceover work. I'm so fascinated by this. Interesting. I just, these are just things I'm figuring out as I'm going along and trying to get better at consistency and longevity are the two things I really am working on, especially recently. That's crazy though, that like professional voice work. I didn't really think of that. I was just like, oh, I want to make a good pod fic that people can hit play and enjoy. Yeah. As we're having this conversation, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can really see people jumping from pod ficking to professional voiceover work or professional narration work, you know, different things like that, because that's essentially what you're teaching yourself here, which is so cool. I love this so much. So I was hoping that we could talk just a little bit about the specific projects that you've been doing. We have talked a little bit about Dragon's War today, which is so cool because it's a really long work. So that's going to take you a long time to get through, um, which is fantastic. And then you also mentioned to me that you have been working on podficking Astolot's Pretty. So with these like two different projects, I know you've talked about, you know, some of these things already as we've been having our discussion here, but um, I was kind of wondering what are some things that you have found most interesting or challenging with these two projects? Um, I'm wondering if there are any other things that you can think of that you've learned while doing those two podficking projects. Yeah. So I've learned so much. I know I've already hit on and talked about the different learns, learnings I've gotten from like the Dragon's Roar specifically. The one other thing that I learned from that one especially was accents. Sounds kind of weird, but as I'm going through and I'm reading, I'm realizing like, oh, the characters that are from that region have to sound similar. Their voices have to be different, but they have to sound similar. And they have that in the Game of Thrones show, like really well done, that the Northern characters have that deeper, more drawn out way of talking. And then the Westerners have a more almost like up, like not nasally, but it's much more like, I think almost British, slightly more sophisticated and they punctuate everything they say. Like it flows everything they say, even as they're insulting people, it flows like places from Dorne, it's almost like, you know, down south, it's it's inspired by more of like a Spanish accent. And I'm learning like, oh, okay, this new character is getting introduced. The first thing I think of is, okay, what region are they from? Oh, they're from that region. Well, in my head, they sound like this. So I'm going to keep their accent somewhere closer to that area, somewhere close to that pitch, whether it be like nasally or the it's down in my throat or it's more like I have to sit up as I'm speaking and enunciate. Like it's very different for every character. And that just adds another layer into maintaining a consistency throughout a multi-chapter story. Oh my God. I love how much thought goes into this for you. Like, cause you know, I think a lot of people, or maybe it's just me, you know, I've never done a podfic and this is my first time talking to somebody who does podficking. And so I think that maybe some of us have this impression that podfickers just kind of like they sit down in front of a microphone and they just kind of, you know, narrate the story or whatever. And maybe that's the process for some people who do podficking. But I am so delighted to find that there's so much there's so much thought 
that goes into these projects for you that you're thinking about like region and accent and why would a character sound this way and then this character would sound another way and even pitch and you mentioned earlier like even the speed in which a character speaks like yeah. even that can change from character to character i'm so delighted by that that the- <laughs> That there's just so much creativity happening here with these projects. Yeah, because and I think that also goes back into like I have to be knowledgeable and comfortable in the fandom to Podfic because as I'm reading and a new character's name pops up, like I'll just think of a random example in the Dragon's Roar, she has original characters too that pop up and I'm thinking like, oh no, you know, like I don't know how to voice these people. I don't know what they sound like. And then I think, okay, well, they're on the sea they're pirates sort of and they travel around a lot so all of the accents for these different characters because they're from different regions are going to not sound similar they're going to be very different and I can kind of be creative and come up with my own accent for these original characters but I want to keep it true to their original origin so like one of them is from Essos you know I want to keep it of more of like a SEOC accent and then another one is from the Westerlands but he's been out on the sea for like 20 years so he's gonna sound different you know just adding in different layers so that a person who's listening to the podfic can hear a voice and go like oh okay yeah this person was in the Westerlands and then they sound like somebody from the Westerlands you know I want it to match as it goes through So that's a huge learning. Right, right. Because I imagine that doing that work and including those types of, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Like the level of detail that you're including here with these projects, I imagine that that really goes a long way to immersing the listener into that world and into that story when you take the time to be so detailed about it. You know what I'm saying? This is an experience that you're providing for people here. And I'm so here for it. That's so cool. Yeah, because it's like, okay, anybody could highlight and paste the story into AI and get an AI-generated podfic, right? That is an option. But also you don't get, like the whole reason I'm doing this is so that I don't have to listen to AI-generated podfics. I want there to be more depth and more of like a human aspect and element that AI just can't add. Right. You know, that's funny that you say that because I was just listening to a YouTube video the other day by a guy who does voiceover professionally. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, I think that AI could probably replace some of the things that we do with like really easy stuff because some voiceover people do work that's like the voice for somebody's like answering service on their telephone or something. And he was like, AI could probably replace us for that. But with these other projects where you really need a lot of nuance and you're creating a story and a character just in the way that you speak it, AI can't do that. You know, you need a human. You need a human who's thinking and feeling and understanding all of the nuances of the story and the character to be able to do it justice. So, um, yes, (laughs) I agree with that 100%. Um, And that's just so cool. There's so many things happening here, you know, there's the acting and voiceovers and there's like, you know, the technical side of it because you have to learn some of the tech stuff to do it. So this is just so, so fascinating. And I'm so glad that you kind of took us through that whole process. Obviously, I'm learning a whole lot about like what can go into a podfic project. And I think that's amazing. 
I mentioned just a minute ago that a lot of us, I think, in these fan fiction spaces who have not done podficking don't know a whole lot about it because we've never done it, right? So we are probably unfamiliar with the process and all of the little things that can go into it. So I was wondering, aside from all of the things you've already mentioned, which, gosh, you've given us so many details here. It's amazing. I was wondering if there's anything else specific about pod faking that you would want people to know who just don't know. Yeah, well, there's a lot. I would preface this with saying like, when I started, there wasn't like, it's like with fan fiction, there's no like written like, hi, are you interested in pod faking? Here's step one. There was no manual. I had no idea where to start. And it caused me a lot of a lot of confusion because I was trying to figure out like, okay, what software do I do? And what microphone, like to the technical side, but then also just thinking like, okay, how do you read things out loud? And it sounds good. Like that's something that I'm honing in. Like you said, I'm doing the Asolat's pretty. I'm honing in trying to figure out like new and different ways to stay consistent and how to record and better my craft. And I'm so happy I got to talk about this because there's just so many things that I wish I could like go back in time and even tell myself from, you know, like back when I first started, just like, hey, so step one is this, you know, I would say I learned to read out loud looking back from my mother. Love her. Growing up, it was just us in the morning sitting down and she would sit in her little armchair. We were all on the floor, me and my siblings, and she would open up a book and she would just read. I mean, she would add character voices and inflections and pacing. And she's the most insane reader. And we've told her for years, like, you have to do professional voice work because your reading ability is crazy. And I know that I definitely would credit her with my ability to like read aloud and pick it up quickly because it was ingrained to me as a kid. Like I can just picture myself on the floor. My mom's opening Narnia for the first time and she just read all seven of those books. I think it's seven. And we were invested for like a year as a family listening to my mom read Narnia to us. So I would say the first thing I wish I could tell people is with Podfix, listen to audiobooks. If you want to know even how to do it yourself, just start listening to audiobooks and listen to the speed and the tempo and the voice change. And that's where you'll learn the skills almost through like osmosis. Yes, that makes so much sense, right? Because they always tell the writers, you should be reading other writers, right? You should be reading novels and other people's fan fictions and just kind of getting the feel for story pacing and plot and the crafting of stories and everything. So that makes so much sense that with pod faking, you would want to expose yourself to excellent audiobooks and things like that to kind of get a good feel for how a good production should sound. Yeah, exactly. And that definitely is like step one, I would say. And then something else that I realized myself as I was going along is just how much you grow at a pretty rapid pace, I would say. I mean, I was just listening to 
my earlier chapters and even some of the one shots that I recorded that I wasn't able to upload because I couldn't contact the authors uh, from like six months ago, I've grown a lot. And like I've said before, the pacing and the tempo and the changing of the voices and pitches, I've grown a lot. And I would say listening back to myself, I've seen how much I've grown and that's come through trial and error and just starting and doing it. I would encourage anybody, if they're even remotely interested in starting a podfic or podficking their own works, or they read a story that says podfic welcome, and they're like, oh, shoot, maybe I should try it out. Literally how I started was just downloading Audacity, getting gaming headphones, decent gaming headphones, and just recording. That's it. That's how I started. And then you learn the tips and the tricks and how to use Audacity and all of the different style changes you'll learn as you go along, it's through trial and error. There's no way that you can like sit down and like teach yourself. You just got to take a leap of faith and start, you know? And then it's so cool because you can go back and if you save all your work, you can go back and see how much you've grown even in just a month. It's crazy. Yeah. And how cool is that? I've heard writers say that. That sometimes they'll go back to, you know, a fan fiction they wrote 10 years ago or something, and they'll be like, wow, look at how much I've grown in my writing capabilities, you know, and you can kind of see the progress there. And so that's so exciting that you can do the same thing with podficking, that you can literally hear the progress and the growth as you listen to these different clips from different time periods and go like, wow, I've really improved here. And that's so super cool to be able to just kind of celebrate those moments with yourself. Because, yeah, I think that it's so amazing when people just dive into something that they've never done before and they just decide, you know what, I'm just going to learn by doing. And you end up making a lot of like crazy mistakes and stuff like that. And that's okay. But you learn. You learn and you have a lot of fun doing it, I think, if you just kind of relax and have fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's a process. It is so much fun. I want to say that as well. Literally, like, I look forward to the times in my week where I can just sit down and record. It is so weirdly, like, therapeutic and soothing to just be able to sit down and just read. And yes, as you're going along, there is some technical stuff and editing you got to do, you know. But I found that when I'm definitely in the right headspace too, and I'm excited to podfic, I can sit down most of the time and a chapter will be, you know, 10,000 word long, like this insane. And I'm able to just sit down and record for an hour straight and, you know, get a chapter out in one sitting. That is so impressive to me because, you know, I record tiny little paragraphs, right, as part of the podcast. (laughs) And like, the amount of time that it takes me to do that. I also had that question in the back of my mind as I was thinking about this whole podficking thing. Like, wow, I wonder how long that actually takes the average podficker to do, you know, like a chapter or something. Because, you know, I'm noticing that even when I'm just doing these little tiny paragraphs, sometimes I'll be in my studio for an hour trying to get it right. And that's just a couple of paragraphs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's amazing that you can get to the point where you're just like, ah, I got this. 10,000 words. Got it. Yeah, it definitely helps with the, like I said, because dialogue can be particularly tricky. With those keywords, you're able to just go, hit stop, say your keywords, hit record, keep going, 
the more as I do it, the almost quicker it gets. The first, I would say, especially 10 chapters and the first few one shots I did took me a while. And some of them even took me two sittings because I was learning the craft and sitting and stopping and making sure that my voice was, you know, at the right speed and stuff like that. But the more I do it, the easier it gets and the more excited I am to just sit down and be able to record. I love to hear that this is, above all, such a super fun process for you. I love that you can't wait to sit in front of that microphone and just hit record and just go. I know what you mean when you say that this is a therapeutic sort of process for you. I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I've, I, I know that I've mentioned this, I have written fan fiction and on Wattpad, I wrote a lot of fan fiction, especially back, you know, a few years ago before I took that break. I was heavily active in the Hunger Games and Diversion community. And when I came back from my break, I will never forgive myself for doing this. I went on Wattpad and mass deleted all of my works. Why I did it, I cannot tell you. I just was like, I reread them. And of course, you know, it's years old and I've grown a lot. And I'm like, wow, you know, like these are not good. But looking back, I'm like, yes, they were, girl. Like you can leave them up. Like, well, yeah, it's a testament to the process. Exactly. And like when I came back, I have written Game of Thrones fan fictions. And I think I've uploaded two of them onto my uh, AO3. One of them, love it. It's just a quick little one shot. I was in the mood to write. I wrote it. I put it up. The other one, chaotic because I found writing for me not to be therapeutic. It turned into me almost like vomiting words and getting these crazy ideas and concepts into a fic. And it was just like, I never planned ahead. I never like really set time aside to write. It was just, I would go to work, an idea would pop in my head. I'd go home and write out 10,000 words and go, sure. And I hit upload to the next chapter. And I enjoyed it. I did like it. But for me, it was not therapeutic. It's something that I have to do like occasionally. Whereas pot faking, I love it. I want to do it all the time. I love that. I love that. It makes me so happy to hear that because I feel like in fandom communities at large, some of us are really good at the writing part, right, of fan fiction and everything. And that's wonderful. But I love that there are other ways that that we can contribute. I love that there is this whole pod faking thing that people can try out if they so choose, uh, if they feel called to that. And it's a wonderful contribution to fandom. You know, so you're like you're taking your talents and the things that bring you joy and the things that light up your soul and you are contributing something beautiful to the community in a way that only you can do. And I think that that's brilliant. You're saving lives (laughs) so that nobody else has to get pulled over by highway patrol. Yeah, don't read and drive. Let's just take a minute. Don't read and drive. Yes. Public service announcement. Don't read AO3 while you're driving on the freeway. No matter how good that fic is getting, pause. It's safe to pause for your 20-minute commute. Yes, I promise that the story will still be there when the drive is over. I promise. Before we uh, go to the last question here, I wanted to go back to something that you said before we were even recording. We were talking a little bit about how excited we were to be talking about pod faking today. And you mentioned to me that you were so excited 
for lots of different reasons, but one of the reasons was you're sort of this uh, like podfic evangelist, for <laughs> lack of a better term, right? Like you sort of want to see this whole podficking thing become much more popular and much more pervasive in the fandom spaces. Um, and I wanted to save a, just just a, a minute to talk about that. I guess I'll just say it's sort of like a, almost like a pitch here. I think that podfics are so much fun to sit and listen to. You can consume fan fiction pretty much anywhere. On my morning runs, I would love to not have to scroll through my phone and almost trip every 30 seconds. You know, I love finding a good podfic and just plugging it in my ear and listening to my fan fiction as I run. Or even as you mentioned, doing the dishes or driving to work, it's safer for the fan fiction community to have podfix available for all of us collectively. <laughs> but jokes aside, I really want to encourage listeners to like if you're even remotely interested in podficking, all you need is a computer, a decent program, and like I said, gaming headphones. There's some cheap ones online for like 20, 30 bucks that will do the trick and just give it a shot. You learn so much as you go along and you don't even have to upload your works, but just give it a shot and you'll realize you're actually not half bad. You'll listen back to the fix. You'll go, oh, I can fix this and then just re-record. And then, wow, that sounds better. And you'll learn the craft and then you can start uploading your works and get feedback from authors. Like for me with Priestess of Groove, I'm getting feedback from her and then the comments section on what I can work on, what I can do differently. And then there's more online for the community as a whole to be able to listen to. It's just a whole different way to consume fan fiction that's like so much fun. And I love it so much. I would be overjoyed ecstatic over the moon if there was just thousands of like pod fix everywhere because right now there are a good amount and I love them all I've listened to so many I love them but it would just be so cool if we got a whole new set of people coming on and doing something that is new and exciting and then they realize oh my gosh there's like a skill and there's something that I love contributing to the fan fiction community. It's brought me so much joy. And I know that it will bring more people joy if they just give it a shot and try it out themselves. It's so much fun. Thank you for that. Because I would agree with that, that we need more. Um, obviously, the stuff that already exists is amazing and awesome. And we love the podficking community. But it would be so cool to see more people try their hand at that. And I'll just add and say that if you feel at all intimidated by the technical side of podficking, you know, this sort of overlaps with the whole podcasting thing. Because um, in my journey with podcasting, I kind of had to teach myself the technical side. And I just went to YouTube, you guys. I just went to YouTube and I um, found a bunch of videos on how to edit audio in Audacity. And there are so many videos that are available that are easy to follow along and easy to consume. Even with the technical stuff, they can be a little bit intimidating sometimes. There's a lot of help and a lot of tutorials out there that are available on YouTube. This is definitely a doable thing. Yeah, for sure. And I would also like to add, like if anyone's listening, and they have any like random questions, I am always available through my DMs on Twitter or even my email. It's in my AO3 like little profile page. I 
am always checking my emails and responding. I am available to chat. I'm available to encourage and even give tips. And also like if there is any fan fiction, like writers and authors on here that are thinking like, oh, I'd love to have somebody podfic. You are more than welcome. I take submissions in my Twitter and in my emails as well. If you want your fic to get the podfic treatment, just hit me up. Let me know. I'm always looking for more work to podfic. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. It's really helpful, I think, for some people to have at least one person that they know that they can reach out to if they have questions on the process or how do I get started or, you know, different things like that. It can be really helpful. Anybody out there who is thinking about maybe getting into pod faking a little bit, reach out to Riley Rocks because she has a lot of information and experience here that she can assist with. So that's perfect. Thank you so much for that. Last question of the day. Are there any other either fan fiction writers or fellow pod fickers that you would like to shout out on the show today? Yeah. So I wanted to shout out, I think I mentioned earlier that I stumbled onto Podfix on YouTube. That was PJ's Reads on YouTube. They are amazing. They have so many different fix that they've already done. They have two Game of Thrones ones that I know of, and they have a lot of Marvel fan fictions if uh, people are interested. They're really well done. It's just them like sitting and reading, and it feels like the atmosphere I get from their videos is like I'm sitting back at home with my mom and she has the book open and she's just reading. It's beautiful. That's how I discovered uh, fan fiction. I'd love to give them a shout out. And then also on AO3, the two pod figures that uh, I listen to, everything they have, is Oliezo. Uh, they have Game of Thrones pod and uh, Opal Song. They are amazing, both of them. Check them out, especially their pod fix, like chef's kiss. Absolutely amazing, the works that they got going on. Those would be the pod figures I'd love to shout out on the show today. Ah, that's awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure that we get links to all of those folks up on the show notes on the podcast website so that people can check those out. Because, yeah, I know we were talking before the, the show today and we were talking about, yes, yeah, sometimes you just really want to listen to something, right? When you're doing something else. And that's one of the things that Podfix are so great for. You know, you can be doing anything around the house or throughout the day. And you just put your Podfix on. And it's great. It's like a friend is there with you reading fan fiction in your ear. And it's perfect. I love that. Riley Rocks, thank you so much for coming on the show today and joining us. This was spectacular. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. I feel like I was just sitting and chatting with a friend over a cup of coffee. That was iced, but a cup of That's coffee. That's right. I was going to say, not hot coffee, iced coffee. <laughs> Check out her podfix on AO3 and give her some love. You can find the Fanfic Maverick online at fanficmaverickpodcast.com, on Tumblr at fanficmaverickpodcast, on Instagram and Twitter at fanficmaverick, and I can always be reached at fanficmaverick at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next episode. In the meantime, keep on rolling. 